RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. Uh, we are live back with Consultivation and a huge apologies to Eric last week who hosted us beautifully. Um, and uh, we should probably tell the secret, Eric, as to what happened. Um, I was on the road making my way back to Scotland and uh, I was attempting to use four different forms of technology. And I clicked leave to finally go and use somebody's office. And uh, in doing so, ended the whole broadcast. Uh, and Eric handled it brilliantly, I have to say. Well, thank you, Dave. You know, I did notice that the one of the uh, recordings that you posted was the shorter version. So I don't know what happened to the longer version that we ended up doing on your uh, Zoom account. So. Oh, do you mean on the podcast series? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that. I thought it was the full version. Okay. I was up. Anyway, we'll see what happened. But back with us this week, we have Eric Swick from SwickBusiness.com and Swick Business Strategies, the man who can, who does, who always does. And we've also got, uh, I feel like saying a special guest, Eric. Who is it? <laughs> it's, the, it's the one and only Vincent Howard. Um, and I have it on good authority. He's attempted to conquer the world one, uh, one business at a time. Is that true, Vince? We're working on it. You know... <laughs> Starting in Florida and moving up north. How's that? Sounds good. Good for you. So this week, we want to talk, uh, following on from last week, where Eric asked us some really great questions about vision, purpose, and goals. I want to talk about a really simple idea, and it's revolution or evolution. Now, first of all, when you hear those two words, what thoughts does that stimulate to you both in business? Well, you know, my first reaction is you think of revolution, you think of, you know, an uprising and, you know, something negative and evolution is something that just evolves over time. But as you think about it, what I think about revolution, evolution is really just a rate of change. If yeah. you want slow, methodical change, that's what evolution is. Look how long it took us to evolve, you know, millions yeah. of years. Whereas revolution, it's immediate. It's something that's going to happen right away. That's how I look at it. What, what do you think, Vince? Wow, Eric really stole all the thunder there because that is exactly where I was going. It's a timing issue. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's more instantaneous versus long term. It's that, you know, especially for someone, uh, you know, like my personality set, which loves change, right? Yeah. I'm all for revolution. Evolution takes too long. So, yeah, yeah er Eric, I think, nailed that one dead on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I was reading recently about um, how many years that uh, Apple invested in R&D into the iOS system. Do either of you know how long it was? So this no. is before, before launching any type of product, right? So and, and, and you have to you have to think about the conditions at the time. And that was, did you ever own a Blackberry? Oh, yeah. What about you, Vince? Did you have a BlackBerry? 
Ah, no, I'm too young. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, of course, Vince is only just out of school there, isn't he? Yeah, right. It's, it, he grade early. That's correct. Uh, do you, do you remember the Nokia 9000? That, yeah. The, the phone that opened up like a keyboard? Yeah. Yeah, so, so but let's come back to BlackBerry for a moment. Um, the BlackBerry RIM system... I mean, I remember using it in my in my corporate careers, and it was a revolutionary device. You could mm -hmm. just communicate like a chat system today. But of yeah. course, I was at a conference. I'd have to tell you the year, 2012, maybe, and uh, maybe a year earlier. If I have to check my diary, and I saw the global managing director on a stage at one of our clients, a telco giant absolutely talking about how good it was you know they're top of their game they're at the pinnacle this is brilliant and long may it continue it took less than six months to dislodge them yeah isn't that insane yeah yeah because apple revolutionized that market they did didn't they them yeah. and samsung with the android system so yeah. um I, I i can't give all the credit just to apple and to uh to samsung because of course it's the it's all the companies these brands own that are behind it and that mm. they buy. But it, but they weren't the first. Does anybody know who the very first real revolution was? Well, I know I read your book, so I know McDonald's in the food industry is one of those. Yep, it is. And, you know, um, having worked with a lot of restaurants, I, I know that industry pretty well. And that was definitely revolutionary when they went to fast food concept totally and 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 i th i think there are moments in business when it comes to revolution or evolution where you are left with a choice and um, before we go into the actual subjects and i'd also like to table an idea so uh I, we've been working through a change curve recently with a client in the uk and um we asked the ops director on the on second week to no longer mark out change and, and he, he asked, of course, a why question. And we said, well, just talk about what the change is. Uh, skip the change word out, right? So mm -hmm. we were talking about a software program. So instead of talking about the software program that's going to create change, talk about the software program that's going to do something, right? Guess what happens to change when you just start evolving? Well, I mean, things change, obviously. Yeah. It's just at a, a slower rate. Well, you see, it's quite and if you take that word change out, I think it has a negative connotation. And so if you take that word out, I think people tend to be more on board. Yeah. People accept the evolution a lot faster yeah. than the revolution. Entirely true, Vince. Uh, and you take all of that emotional anxiety, don't you? And you just take it away. Um, and removing it just only from vocabulary, right? Because it's still happening. Yeah. I think change uh, in its rawest form should be celebrated as a past tense conversation. Look what we have done. Let's look back together and celebrate, you know, the great things and, you know, the mess ups, because there'll be plenty of those. You know, there's a, there's a book out called Fearless Organization and it talks about you know, ruthlessly celebrating failures. 
What a refreshing idea. Yeah. Some I think, people, I, I think it's okay. Yeah, I think it's okay to celebrate those, but I also think it's very important to learn from them. Mm. I would agree. Yeah. So your businesses today, gents, are they evolving or revolving? Let's, let's ask Vince. I think that's going to depend on who you ask in my organization. Um, I believe we are constantly both sides. The good, right? There is there is always that revolution or that quick change to change a process because of because of an outside element. Yeah. But the evolution is right. You've made the change, and that adaptation to then make that change kind of more your own, that's the evolution of that process or that, or procedure or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I agree with what Vince is saying. I think there's a place for both, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that revolution is better than evolution. I just think there's circumstances where one makes more sense than the other. Yep, I would, I would agree. Uh, do you, what do you think the industry, the CPA industry, is doing? Well, it as has a whole? been. <laughs> yeah, as a whole, I think it's been going through an evolution. Um, yeah. And, you know, part of that, it depends on what you look at, right? Uh, I think part of it is driven because government regulations and government rules and how we have to do things because we're required to do it a certain way. I think there's some revolution in that you're seeing more of that industry move towards. Um, advisory services because the the consumer is able to do a lot of these things with technology themselves and that's the revolution I see things like you know um, the tax softwares that are out there that are you know self-usable for people so I think that's you know revolved or changed the industry to a certain extent and software programs like QuickBooks and Zero and things like that but don't don't you believe that there's going to be this this period and, and we're, we're starting to see this with some of our colleagues now where this slow based evolution of change is going to lead to extinction oh. if they don't have a revolution. Right. So if yeah. they don't make an immediate change, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about a local firm that, you know, having to talk with some of their audit partners that, that you know, their concept is we're just biding our time. Right. We're just going to continue to do it the way we've always done it um, because we don't want to we don't want to change. We don't want to invest in technology infrastructure. And so they know that their practice is evolving and their clients are evolving and requiring this this higher level of technical or technology based integration but they don't want to evolve along with it. So unless somebody in the, you know, unless one of the partners or, or somebody lower in the firm revolts, then you're going to have a extinction of that yeah. firm. Right? You're going to have yeah. that, that firm no longer becomes, um, I'm searching for the word, no longer becomes, um, viable. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, it, it and, and that where, Change for just change sake, I think, is bad. Revolution for just revolution is bad. But if you've got your checklist of your pros and your cons or your fours and your against, and the change is moving you faster toward your goal or the firm vision or mission, 
then sometimes you need a revolution. Sometimes people need a swift kick to get them moving yeah. Yeah. and then let them evolve. Yeah. We've had, we've had a co comment on the live feed um, and I, I really love the idea of putting the two words together uh, of having a revolutionary evolution. Evolution. I quite nice. like that. That's, that's a great comment. All right. And, and actually, it, it opens up for me putting the two words together instantaneously this whole other way of thinking of what can we evolve and what revolutionary thinking can we apply in that evolution um that's a, that's a really great question it's great to see that come up uh what one of the questions i want to ask you about today but and, and let's stay industry for a minute because I, I think you are absolutely right that there is a possibility of distinction uh, sorry, extinction, not distinction. Um, in uh, you know across the states in the CPA space, based on a lack of action. Um, but I, I I think one of the big questions it kicks up is what are some of the revolutions you need to start in your business? And I'll give you an example, gents. Right, is that let's assume that you've got somebody in your team today who's really talented. And they're best suited to being in a different role that you're not ready to activate. Uh, yet, until they activate it, the change you want to see never really happens. What should you do? Hmm. That's a tough one, Dave, because, I mean, if you... It, if you don't have the role or you don't have that division structured, it's sometimes very difficult to transition that person who is who is currently, let's say, in a billable hour role, right, where they're where they're producing for the firm, and then you're taking them and placing them in a completely different position that they want to be in, but but there's either no income stream or there's no build. And we're actually doing that. I mean, as you know, Dave, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. We started that what eight or nine, ten, ten months ago. We hired two individuals that the concept was to build, you know, to build our consulting arm. Yeah. You know, there's very little revenue there. And, you know, that's, you're transitioning someone that could very well have, have filled a role of a tax and accounting manager, which we need desperately. But you felt like the longer term goal and the better fit was for them to be in a consultancy role. Um, and so you you create that department or you create that division and that kind of is the instant call it your revolution right of I've got to change the direction or I've got to change the service offering in my practice um, to to be able to account for that person or keep that talent. I think of, I think of it a little bit from the perspective of you first have to look at what cultural environment have you created in your organization and one of the key culture blocks that i talk about is self-leadership and so if you have that as part of your organization my expectation would be is that that person would embrace that cultural block and do some self-leadership development preparation and get that part of the business going me as a leader i just want to inspire them and be there to support them but i would look for them to you know to your point vince I would look for those people to start growing that business. Let's make it happen and get them 
be self-starters and get that done. And I see my role as just making sure they have all the tools and uh, the, the, the things they need to make that happen. This is two great, great considerations. And I, I want to flip the answer in a second to why should business owners consider this question? Um, we'll come back to that in a second. But I, I like the fact that you can testify, Vince, to real-time examples of, you know, applying the build it and they will come evolution um, with a revolution in your mind, right? So I, I love the way that you can put those two and say, you know, you did it before that with technology, didn't you? Having your technology um, person, um, we won't say his name on the podcast, I mean, unless you want to, but, um, and, and, and having an onboarding system real-time via somebody else in your team to own the yeah, fault. I, uh, I vaguely remember being laughed at at a national conference when I told them that I hired a technology person that had no, you know, had no accounting experience. And, you know, the, the general consensus was, you did what? Yeah. Somebody <laughs> in a tax firm that has no accounting and bookkeeping experience. And I'm like, yeah, but... You know, technology integration is the wave of the future. And literally within, what, eight, nine months, you know, they were asking him to be a guest speaker at this conference, which was which was interesting. Uh, it, was, it was a nice turn. But, you know, th yeah, I, I think that goes that goes back to your question of what decisions do you need to make? Don't you think the business owner needs to have some forward vision or some forward um, some forward sight to yeah. say, where do we want where do we want us to be, right? Where do we want the firm to be? What's it going to take us to get there? And and not just accept Sally, right? Same as last year, the way we've always done it. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's the comfort zone. And, and if you look back at, at, at uh, uh, sections of time, you know, I think a lot of us got really comfortable in 2003, four and five, because, you know, money was was fluid and, and, and people were making great profits. And then 06, you know, the crash hits and all of a sudden people were forced into a revolution. They had to change. Then you have it again in 2019, 20 with, with COVID where we were back to that, you know, I'll call it the fat, dumb and happy stage of we're, we're making money and things are working and not a lot of people were really looking at this change of what do I need to do to continue to improve COVID hits and then you have no choice right in a matter of literally a month people had to learn to embrace technology they had to learn to embrace video conferencing and you you couldn't sit next to the person and so that was kind of the the revolution and now we've entered the evolution of this and we're getting better at it and I think people are starting to to now look at this and go, ooh, well, if that changed us and made us more efficient, you know, by X percent, well, well what else is out there that I can do that's that's different? I mean, go back, because Eric's been, been in this business a really long time as well. Yeah. So, you know, 2000, I want to say it was 2001 for us, where we drew a line in the sand and said, I don't want to be the traditional firm. I don't want to be the guy that's working 80 hours a week yeah. during tax season and, and being the, the absentee dad, right? The absentee father. And so we fired uh, about 80 of our clients, uh, monthly accounting clients yeah. at that point, because they just weren't a good fit for the firm and rebuilt the firm. 
And that's a really tough decision to make, but that's where, once again, go to that foresight. What do you want to be? What steps do you need to take to get there? And is it going to be evolution or revolution? How far up that ladder do you need to climb and how fast? Yeah. It's, a, it's a great commentary. And um, yeah. let, me, let me just apologize to anybody called Sally out there. Um, uh, because of course we weren't talking about the name we were talking about same as last year as, as an acronym for anyone watching we've been answering the question what decisions you need to make that will start the revolution in your business and we are talking about revolution or evolution and um, I think I think having that picture of where it is you want to be and checking in with your commitment towards taking the steps towards it are two vital steps you've got to be prepared to do uh, in business. Um, I've put a quote up from the blog we posted the other day, rlc-global.com forward slash blog, evolution or revolution. Uh, you can go there and help yourself to loads of free things. Uh, what does this quote suggest to you as you read it? What does it suggest? So uh, for the listeners, the more we see ourselves as a vibrant, successful and inspiring person who boldly declares and uh, manifest an exciting vision, the more likely we are to become just that, Kirsty Bowman. Uh, no, relevant, no relative to Tom Bowman, I have to declare for the listeners. Um, what, what does this say to you as, as you hear that, Vince and Eric? Well, I think what it says is, you know, it really requires thoughtful leadership yep. to create an environment that you know, you can have change or, you know, evolution or revolution take place. It's, it's really important to provide that vision. It's important to, you know, inspire people. You know, you talked earlier about, you know, celebrating the failures, you know, it's allowing people to try things and, you know, if they don't succeed, learn from it, but let's move on and go try the next thing. So that's a good shout, isn't it? And um, it goes a step further, that example from earlier, some firms even monetize failure and it's not actually do you fail do you get paid just to clarify to anyone listening is that if a project doesn't work out and you've given it your best shot you still get monetized hmm. um and it's it's something in that isn't there because you're you you're investing in behavior and time um to create a revolutionary output yeah um what, what do you think vince so I read that and I kind of go back to, and I can't remember the exact saying, but you attract more bees with honey than vinegar yeah. or something like that. You know, it's, it's, I want to be, you know, I strive to be that person that drags the team along, right? That they want to be there. They want to be a part of what we are creating. And, and Corsi Bowman's, you know, her quote kind of, I think iterates that, that whole be the leader that people want to jump on that bandwagon and want to be part of what you're creating. So going back to your, you know, your comments earlier, Dave, of if we, if we allow the employee to have some insight or thought or input into the revolution, is it really a revolution? Or is it a super fast evolution? You know, is it if <laughs> if they're involved in it, yeah. it doesn't feel like a revolution. 
Yeah. And, and that's so, you know, go. We, we had this talk a couple of months back, but remember the 2008 acquisition yeah. where we actually went, went in, sat down with their team and said, okay, show us your processes and procedures. Here's our process and procedure. Let's mend the two or, or sorry, let's, let's, let's blend the two, take the best and whatever the best is, that's what we're going to use. So yes, we were using the C word. We were using the change word, right? but it, they had input. And so it didn't feel like an immediate change or revolution for that firm to join in. It was a blending or a, oh, well, we've evolved our process and, and our practice or our procedures, but just a little quicker. It's, it's a great example, isn't it? Of using a skill choice, using an intentional action uh, Debbie has taken the time to uh, uh, comment too on the live feed. Um, fabulous discussion and how we each own what evolution to be revolutionary. Thank you, Debbie. It's a great point, isn't it? Um, and if you're listening, we also had uh, another great comment from Murray Fam had earlier on putting the two together. Revolutionary evolution. Yeah. Um, but I think there's wisdom as well in what you talked about, Vince, about thinking through the outcome. Not the outcome from a coaching perspective per se, but just thinking about what is the best way to do this. I also checked out what uh, the actual saying was from earlier. You catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Um, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, and uh, I also asked Google, you know, that go to uh, thesaurus in the sky. Um, uh, it says it tells you to use nice methods rather than unkind methods in dealing with others. And actually, you'll be much more successful in, in life being sweeter or nicer than being mean and not nice and doing hurtful things. Uh, so, great, great example there, Vince, of a on on the fly irony intended um, commentary uh, about a useful thought process. Um, I'll try to be more specific with my examples later. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I'll sign good. off now. Yeah, yeah. you done. I think I think what's there's a, there's a final part to this I think um, about how does and I'll populate the question while I do this how does revolutionary or evolutionary uh, affect legacy? What do you think? Affect legacy. I mean, do they? You know, does one do it versus the other? I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, your legacy is that you have changed, that you've done something different, that you've evolved or revolted. But I think you can leave a legacy whether you do either or. Um, well, and I think it depends on the outcome, right? I mean, if you look at the fast food industry, people are going to talk about McDonald's for decades. Yeah. yeah. Are, are people really going to talk about, and sorry for anybody out there that likes them, but is anybody really going to talk about Jack in the Box, you know, or, or some of these restaurants that, that started and failed fairly instantly, you know, they're, while they, they weren't maybe revolutionary in the process, yeah. uh, you know, think, think about drive-through drive-through has been around for a long time, but, but, you know, they consider Chick-fil-A to be one of the most efficient drive-through yeah. You know, now whether they revolutionary or revolutionize drive-through or it's just a, a better process, don't know that. But, you know, that gets discussed 
a lot. So I think revolution sometimes is addressed or, or is, is mentioned over a longer period of time because it was an immediate change where evolution, you're just kind of going with the flow. You're just, yeah. you're just kind of slowly adapting to what's around you. Look, I think anyone that's revolutionary, they get the they get the attention, right? Because it's so radical, typically. And I think of someone like an Elon Musk and, you know, his SpaceX program. Everyone thought space programs are all government run. That's who should be doing it. That's where the funding is and the money is. And, you know, he's revolutionized the space industry and everyone talks about him and will continue to talk about it because he took a bold step. Whereas, you know, I, I just think that's how I look at it and how I see the difference. It's that, that, that punch in your face type of result that you see in a revolution. But I still feel that there's companies out there that evolved over time. And I still think they have a legacy um, because the, if they survive, you know, they, they have a legacy. Uh, I have a Don't legacy. The... Go ahead. Go ahead, Vince. Don't you think the legacy though needs to, and, that really ties back to, let's say, your vision or your mission or your purpose, where we as change leaders, we want to make sure that whoever we pass the torch to, that they don't become evolutionary leaders, right? That they don't become a rest on your laurel. So so the legacies that that we build or the legacies that are built, you typically want to pass that torch to someone who has that same change mindset that will continue to look further ahead than tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, and that I think is the, is the difficult part for us from finding those, you know, finding those, those, uh, succession, uh, legacy torches that, that we can hand off. It's, it's a really great point. And I also think there's a space there as well, Vince, to think about evolutionary is the items that are in play. Let's just think of a framework. You've got an evolution, a transition that's in play at any given time. And actually revolutionary is almost stopping, isn't it? And taking time out and saying, where, if, what, can, you know, could we need to have one? And, and, and can we anticipate you know, what the next revolution is, or is there one we want to do ourselves? So it's taking this, the headspace to have those conversations intentionally. And it, it, as we listen to and, and come to a little bit of a uh, you know, close today, I think one of the questions I think we can, we can be evolutionary or revolutionary about, it's entirely up to you, is that as a leader today, you've got to be selfish about your leadership development. Because I think investing in skill here mentorship, coaching, knowledge, um, I think is really vital. And your openness to feedback, stretch and personal growth are, are a secret to getting this right. Because the latter part is where the evolution can work. The latter part is where you overcome, you know, a failed revolution. Uh, so you end up with loads of choices uh, as a result of these. Uh, a fu funny fact, um, my mouse has lost all its charge right at the end of the recording. So um, <laughs> we're going to have to talk just for another minute or so, so I can effectively end this conversation. But uh, any, any, last, any lasting thoughts um, from today, gents? Don't yeah. you think looking 
looking forward that we're kind of on the cusp of potentially an employment revolution. And what I really mean is like a massive change in how things get done, right? We've, we've gone through this period of COVID where, where people have worked remotely and there's, and there's two camps, right? There's the people that want to work remotely. Um, actually there may be three camps The people that want to work remotely that are efficient, the people that want to work remotely that aren't efficient and the people that feel like they need you in the office and they need to be micromanaging or, or have some oversight to get the task done. I think we as business leaders are going to have to find that, that change. And I don't think we're going to have the time to evolve slowly into this. I think we're going to have to find a workable solution as people come back into the workforce that provides them. And I think this all goes back to the work-life balance, right? It's, it's, it allows them a little more flexibility to work from anywhere, um, but the tasks are still done. So this may mean, or this may may mean massive changes to compensation packages, uh, to the way that that people think about how people are paid, uh, to benefits. And I, I do believe that we are really on this cusp of this major, major change. And if we're not addressing it in our companies. It, it may be too late in six months, a year. They're, you know, they may have lost talent um, that either seeks an employer that is providing it or, uh, you, know, uh, um, you know, starts their own, whatever the case. I, I actually just think you've you've opened up a whole other conversation for maybe yeah. a conversation in a couple of weeks' time about that specifically. Yeah. And, I fully concur that the, yesterday's ways of working are a thing of the past and tomorrow's haven't been written yet. And, and I think that was happening even prior to COVID, to be honest with yeah, you. I it, think that's something it that was. inspired. It maybe accelerated it, but it was something that was coming. I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking even in industries where you say, you know, like the restaurant industry, you can't do that work remotely. But what you're seeing is more robotics and more elimination of people positions so that it, they can operate with less people. So, and you know, my background being in manufacturing in my early part of my career, that was always the focus on how you eliminate those non-value added activities that people do and uh, you know, replace it with machinery or equipment. And, and, you know, it fits in perfectly with a final comment that we've had again, which is Nortel was a great example of evolutionary success up to the point where revolutionary change resulted in their downfall. Yeah, um, yeah. What I really like here from Arif is uh, he's talking about having control in both cases, which is actually just where you were, Rick. So the timing is yep. impeccable. And a big shout out from Arif today for sharing with us his thoughts. Yeah, about what like. yeah totally appreciate that. And I think, I think we should definitely look into this point you just raised, Vince, in a few episodes' time. Because uh, I think it's a big question for us to get right. And, you know, let, let's outside of why you employ somebody and why you have an agreement between I've got this skill in exchange for this amount of money working in whatever way it is, wherever you are in the world. I think that there's a huge change in why should my life now be you know, a repetitive pattern of no way out. So if an employer can embrace that, you know, like we see in the Nordic where 
They work less hours. They earn the same amount of money. They have a better balance in their life. They can do the things that bring joy to people. If, they, if we can work some of that out, I think there is a revolution coming in ways of working um, mm -hmm. in the not too distant future for certain. So uh, leaves me just to thank you both uh, for your time. Uh, I really love today's conversation. It's been a fabulous um, discussion. This has been Consultivation, where some of RLC's friends and colleagues and partners and RLC centres around the world get together to talk about all conversations to do with business, advisory and consulting. We've had back with us today the fabulous Vince Howard as a special guest, uh, I've got to say it twice. Uh, and, you know, to our credit, Eric, we didn't put any really difficult conversations in front of Vince, did we? we no, we didn't harass him enough. Yeah, uh, but next time, round, yeah, next time round, look out, Vince, be warned. <laughs> and supported once again by the fabulous Eric. And Eric, I believe you're taking the, the reins next week again, aren't you? So, yep, I'll and, run the show. And what, what are we talking about next week? Just give the listeners a taster. You know what? I don't remember what we talked about we were going to cover next week. But the good news is I do. Yes, that's good. As soon as I do, you're going you're gonna to go, oh, yeah. Yes. Like Next week, we're going to be talking about the importance of values in business and how to use them right now to steer your people in the workplace in a meaningful way. So, yes. or any other slug Eric wants to take. Yes. Good. Uh, I'm going to end the broadcast. This has been Consultivation. Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.